There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Southern rock and country music legend Charlie Daniels died on this day exactly one year ago. I spoke with the late great about his illustrious career from his first time playing the fiddle to his legendary creation of The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Thanks for having me, my friend. Appreciate it. People come to a show to hear the songs that they've heard on the radio. And when you don't play those songs for them, I feel like you, you don't give them their money's worth. So we always do those songs. We do that went down to Georgia. Legend Willie Swan, Long Hair Country Boy in America. The tunes, you know, the people. They, you guys have been kind enough to play on the radio over the years. And uh, then we got a few new things. We got to always have a few new things that you haven't heard us play because that's just, you know, that's a, that, that's kind of the growth part of it. But you still got to stick with those those tried and true proven one so we always do them first and then then we kind of throw the other stuff in as time allows let's take me all the way back to you know when you were growing up in north carolina in 1936 you were born how did you get into playing fiddle in the first place because you're probably <laughs> arguably the most famous one that anyone can think of well i uh i first started playing guitar uh actually learned by a friend of mine that uh, I went to see him one day. I didn't even know he had a guitar. I don't know how he had evidently gotten it and put it away for a long time. And I was about probably oh, 14, 15 years old, and he had this guitar out. And I said, man, you got to show me that. I've always wanted to learn to play guitar. Anyway, long story short, he started to show me the few things he knew, and then we started bugging anybody we could find that knew more another chord that we didn't know. And we started trying to learn and just kept on, and then uh, I, sometime later on, I started fooling with the mandolin and learned a little bit on it. And the fingering on a mandolin, the fingerboard on a mandolin and a fiddle are the same. So one day, somebody showed up with a fiddle, and I said, get my hands on it. So uh, I had a little leg up on it because, as I said, the, the fingerboard is the same on a mandolin and a fiddle. So I picked up the fiddle and started squeaking and squawking on it, and that was a pretty hard thing for my parents to go through. Uh, one of the kids I went to school with said, when I played the fiddle, it sounded like somebody stepped on a cat because it was <laughs> it was that bad to start with. But uh, I stuck with it and kind of you know went on, and, and uh, it became a very prominent instrument for me. Um, a lot of our listeners might forget that you actually played fiddle on a lot of famous people's recordings. Like I think you did for Marshall Tucker for a while, right? I a, did. a few Bob Dylan albums, Leonard Cohen. I think you even wrote a song that Elvis eventually recorded. Yeah, you had to been tickled when you when you heard Elvis recording a, a song that you co-wrote. Oh gosh, that was that was uh, uh, that was uh, that's hard to even articulate because that was a whole totally different time that uh, Elvis did. That was 1963 when he recorded it. And I had never had anything at all like that happened to me. I'd never had uh, any kind of success at all at, at that time. And 
to have the top artist, the, the first success you have in that way, to have the top artist in the world do it was, I mean, it was pretty special. So it was a, uh, it was it's pretty strong for me. I tell you. <laughs> and what was it like playing behind Dylan? It was wonderful. It was just absolutely wonderful. I I was a big Dylan fan, and uh, I just happened to be the right place at the right time to end up on Nashville Skyline. The guitar player. Uh, a lot of people think that. Uh, the Nashville Skyline was the first album that Dylan ever did in Nashville. It was not. It was the third one. He had done, t- done two others. He had done, uh, let's see, what was it? Uh, John Wesley Harding and Blonde on Blonde. And uh, they had put a band together for him. He had chosen the studio musicians that he liked to work with over the course of doing the two albums. And the guitar player who was supposed to play that he had been using was already booked. By the time I got around to booking session, he was already booked for the first session. He wasn't going to be able to make the first session. So I was supposed to play the first session, and then then I would leave, and he would come in and play the others. But uh, for some odd reason, Dylan, like what I was doing, wanted me to stay around, and I was really glad to oblige him. So I ended up doing the Nashville Skyline and self-portrait New Morning with him. And it was a big – he was always – nice enough to put the name of the studio musicians on the back of his albums and the liner notes and people he was a kind of person a kind of artist that people re- actually read the liner notes and when you had your name on the back of a bob dylan album a lot of people saw it it was a and and a point of, uh, of recognition of, of, of publicity that would take me a long time to have gotten the other way so I've always kind of felt beholden to Bob Dylan for that. How did you hook up with uh, Marshall Tucker? We worked together. We started recording, uh, and uh, we, when we started recording, we got put together on some packages and just really enjoyed working together and to this day enjoy working together. And uh, when they were going to the studio, they called me up and said, "We're gonna." they, they had done an album, and they had used another fiddle player on it. And they had heard me play uh, since then, and, and, and they called me up and said, we're going in and doing an album. Would you come down and play some fiddle on it? And, of course, I was glad to. Uh, so basically just, you know, being together, and, and uh, we used to jam a lot. Gosh, we a Tucker Band and, and CB jammed more than any two bands I know of. We'd end the night up. I had two drummers at the time, and we'd end the night up with – Two drummers and guitar pickers and fiddles and I mean just you know we we put both bands on stage and the crowd loved it it was a it was a special time and uh, but I go I have a long history with the Marshall Tucker band awesome all right well let's get into your actual songs now without further ado um, of course most famously Devil Went Down to George you'll still hear that played constantly um, how do you even come up with that that's such a genius concept challenging the devil himself to a fiddling contest and you beat him and he lays the golden fiddle at your feet <laughs> how do you even come up with that to begin with well this, the it was a pretty simple story really it, it, we had written and rehearsed an album's worth of material for an album to be called Million Mile Reflections and we had actually gone to the studio and started recording it when we came to the realization we did not have a fiddle tune. Now, why we didn't think about this before we went to the studio, I don't know. <laughs> but we thought, we got to have a fiddle song. So we took a, a break from the recording studio, moved the instruments into a rehearsal studio, and I had this one line in my mind. Devil went down to Georgia. I Just the one line, that's all I had. And I just started goofing with it and 
saying, hey, try this, drummers. You know, play that, but try that, try that. And then Taz came up with that genius, da 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 that line that goes in. And uh, we put the song together. I went off and finished the lyrics and we went back to the studio and recorded it. And as they say, the rest is history. <laughs> Did you have a granny where the, the dog bit or chicken in the bread pan picking out? Dough? Like, that's such bizarre lines. Where did this can we come from? That is an old square dance line. You know, back years ago when people square dance had a, what they call a collar. And because it was figure dance, and they had certain figures they did that everybody that square dance knew. It was like, and it was done in rhythm. It was something like, you know, just a, a placekeeper kind of in between figures. Like, uh, first couple up the left, I hold your hand, swing, take the lady on the left, do it once again. Take that lady on the left, do it once again. Down and on, everybody swing. And then it'd be. Chicken and bread, been picking that dough. Granny's dog bite, boot child, no fire them out, run boys. Just keeping time with voice, you know. Right. And 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 I just that's what I had heard that uh, some of the old square dance people that did it on the Grand Ole Opry, I'd heard that uh, that done for a long time, and it just seemed natural. It seemed like it fit in with the song, so I used it. It's great. It's it, like you're saying, it's old square dance, but also you kind of combine it with a, I don't know, almost like the Rolling Stone Sympathy for the Devil. You combine them and boom, we have a, a legendary song. It's great. Well, there ain't no sympathy for the devil in this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he loses in this one, baby. <laughs> yeah. All right. He's uneasy. He always loses. He always does. Uneasy Rider. Um, that was sort of one of your breakthrough hits. It's not really sung as it is spoken almost. What are you trying to capture with that song? I know Easy Rider, the movie had just come out, obviously, a couple years before, but um, is it sort of that, you know, you're making that cross-country drive, you know, it's almost like a, the counterculture going on, you know, the, the redneck bar picking on you for the peace sign on your car, that kind of thing. What are you going for in that one? Well, it was during the time that Easy Rider, that Easy Rider movie come out. I used to, do, I'd spent a little time as a record producer, and I was producing a group called, the, by the name of the Young Bloods, and we were doing, we did uh, a live album called Ride the Wind, we did it to Fillmore East and Fillmore West, and a what used to be called a pop festival in in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And that movie had just come out, and all the long-haired people from San Francisco were there, and they were nervous about being in the South, you know, about uh, because they, I guess, you know, they were afraid somebody's going to bother with them or something. But I'm from the South, and I thought their attitude was funny. And I think that's what got me to thinking that way. And I just put a fellow in a, uh, put a long-haired, hippie-type guy in a, in a, in a dilemma, and, had him get out by his brains, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's so many others we could go through in America. South's going to do. Well, South's going to do. It's kind of cool because you reference like all your favorite <laughs> Southern rock bands in there. Had that even been done in a song before, where they go, you know, reference a bunch of other of your contemporaries, or what was the idea behind doing that? Uh, just bands that we were working that we worked with that I admired. Bands from the same part of the country. When when the Almond Brothers started turning eyes toward the south, uh, that was a big deal to all of us. That was, a, I mean, I'm talking about a long time ago. This is like back forty some years ago. You know, when when they, when they got started and and they started getting national national recognition, and everything, and there was a genre of music that was southern music. It was ours. It belonged to us. It was, you know, it was a. It's what we was raised with and what we did, and, and it was just a, it was a big deal. And uh, it was like a, those bands, I just admired them so much. We worked with them. 
Uh, I admired the Allman Brothers. I admired Marshall Tucker and uh, Leonard Skinner and Whip Willie and all those bands that came from the same part of the country, that, you know, the southern part of the country. And I just decided to write a tribute to them. So that's what South's going to do it is, is a tribute to the southern band. Awesome. And now you've come full circle where you have other modern artists referencing you. You know, Gretchen Wilson says she knows the words to every Charlie Daniels song. So, do you, do you, when, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she does, to be honest with you. <laughs> you're probably the only one that knows every word to everything. Even that might be a question. We have to look it up every now. No, but when you when you hear someone like that, you just, you just got to grin? Well, it's, it's, it's an honor. I mean, I, I never take anything. Anytime somebody pays me a compliment or some accolade comes along, I, I never take it lightly. I'm always... Very appreciative of it. Awesome. Charlie Daniels, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. This is great. Thank you, my friend. And congratulations, by the way. Oh, on the marriage. You remembered. (laughs) Actually, I I appreciate that. She, Speaking of which, she actually opened for you like 20 years ago when she was like a a middle schooler. Uh, Really? Where was that at? God, where did she say it was? Cancun Cantina somewhere in like Hanover, Maryland or something. She said you made her pancakes on the tour bus or something. (laughs) No, I don't remember that, but I mean, you know, it's, gosh, there's so many things I've forgotten. <laughs> I've been doing this a long time, son. <laughs> I bet. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate the, the marriage wishes, okay. man. All right, we'll see you out there. Okay. See you, man. Okay, bud. God bless. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for 2 Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.